Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft, and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Matthew Nelson running the board. Rob Ensley to my left. Joe Pyburn, who's currently just whacked on Omega-3s from a bunch of sockeye that we smoked. And Mark Uasa, who in all likelihood smells like razor clams this morning. I'm, I'm hoping he does anyway. A little, he's been looking for sign. He's got his clam doing, guns. He's, he's got his clam shovel, the whole bit. Good morning, Mark Uasa. How you been, buddy? Morning, man. Hey, I've been doing well, guys. I mean, God. Finally, right? Yeah, yeah. we got lots going on here all of a sudden. we got crabbing, razor clams, silver salmon still in the sound, and the rivers. And we got some east side salmon ops. Uh, what's what's top of mind for you this morning, buddy? Well, I think first off, you know, I mean, with all the hype we had over the late summer about, you know, coastal razor clam digging and then having that little bit of pause, man, my phone was ringing off the hook this, you know, this week before we made that announcement on uh, earlier in the week. So, you know, I and, and from what I heard, uh, God, you know, uh, Thursday night, especially about the Twin Harbors, uh, Guys were guys are getting their limits in like twenty minutes. I mean, I, I heard from Dan Ayers, our our coastal shellfish manager, and he said some of these were very nice clams that they were sampling. I mean, five inches. Sure, you know they're you know typical fall condition. There's going to be some that are on the skinny side, but um, yeah, <laughs> finally get it going here. So that's good news. And and you know it, it sounds like you know the marine toxins are, are starting to wane. So um, yeah, so I'm I'm good. And, uh, well, and talking to to Bob Buchanan from from Bomac here last week, um, you know he's in touch with the state all the time about all these toxin levels, and 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 they felt like all this warm weather we've been having. We had some really warm weather a couple of weeks ago that that was kind of kicking up these toxins. And once we cool off a little bit, they kind of feel like it's going to fall off pretty quick. And hopefully it does, and we can get back into some some pretty regular clam openers, you know, because we've got a ton of dates tentatively scheduled oh, for the rest Just, of the season here. So hopefully those fall off. It seems like they are, and we can get back on a regular program because there's a lot of clams out there a ton of clams i mean when we wrapped up our spring season yeah we were going out towards the end of the season and still it was like 20 minutes and you had your limit and everybody was doing it so you know tons of clams in the sand out there so hopefully we get a nice long season here oh yeah definitely you know and and it sounds like this next series of, of uh digs you know we should be hearing something here you know later next week i know the next ones are scheduled for october 8th to the 14th and so you know we should get some news on those ones here coming up soon and and yeah like you guys are saying you know man i mean as long as the weather holds down the surf holds down you know it should be lights out for guys who are heading down to the coast so that's a good that's good news you know and and you know all considering god you know you you look at that economic value and i think i, I wrote I about that gonna, in the blog i was just going to mention that There's isn't that crazy se- 71 I mean, you know, million <laughs> and i mean yeah, for our, 600 awesome. 600,000 digger trips last year 3.5 million clams 
And yeah. well, what was yeah. the economic effect? How many million? Seventy-one million. Seventy-one million dollars. Yeah, for a coastal community. Yeah, that's an cool. that's an economy in and of itself. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and 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 the amount of gram, or excuse me, the amount of saltine crackers you need to gram bread, crackers. Gram, You're cooking gram, s'mores now. Yeah, yeah, I'm you sorry. Get off the s'more deal. We're, we're, I, I was. We're, I went. We're cooking razor. I went straight here. carbohydrates yeah. there instead of the protein. It's a Freudian slip. There may be some s'mores on the beach this so, week, but. Yeah, we've no also idea. got a crab opener yeah. that kicks off today, right today. in the North Sound. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that, yeah. man? What have you heard about that and crab numbers? Yeah, well, that's good news. You know, I mean, we've got digging open here daily now through December thirty first, and you know the 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 straits uh, areas four, five, six, you know, and then seven and eight one eight two and and nine opens up northern Puget Sound, and then you know the the northern area of Hood Canal also opens up. So you know, it, it, boy, it, if you if if you don't get up and be an optimist and look <laughs> yeah. at all these options of things to do, you know, I think I think you need to get back under that rock because there's just so much out there to do right now. It's it's a good time to to be around here in the fall in the Northwest. That's for sure. We were looking at the dam counts this morning, not not to get away from Western Washington here, but man, the Columbia <laughs> River—they're still pouring up the Columbia, and and now they're they're infiltrating all the the stretches up there. You know, Vernita and all that stuff is loading up with with Chinook over there. What are you hearing from from the east side and some of these king salmon opportunities over there, buddy? Yeah, so I mean, you know, over in that Hanford Reach area, you, you know, I mean, Austin's pretty giddy over there. Austin Mosier, you know, as a guide and. And man, I mean, just just the reports I'm getting, and, and I was I was looking at those dam counts like you were at McNary, and oh boy, I mean, I think the last count that I heard, or the fish check that I heard, it was like better than 1.2 fish per boat. You know, when you're getting up there in the in in those kind of numbers, and these fish this year seem a lot bigger. Yeah. So you know, it's it, it, it everything's been waxing versus waning this year. You know, for salmon runs and. And that's good news. And I know Tom and I and, and Rob and Joey, we've been talking about that for years now, is that, you know, as soon as we got through that that downtrend in mm-hmm. 2015 and looked forward, I mean, here we are, we're reaping the benefits now of, of better ocean conditions and, and seeing things like that. So, you know, and fingers crossed that we keep this trend going. <laughs> and, and, and the masterpiece that the Pacific Salmon Commission painted with regard to their increase in hatchery production, ostensibly for Southern resident killer whale prey availability, we're all going to benefit from that. But it's so much fun to jump on the Columbia Basin Research website, that's cbr.washington.edu, and watch these waves of salmon ascend through the dams on the Columbia. And, and the aspect of that that has me most fired up right now is the amount of jacks, the sexually precocious males that are a great indicator of that cohort that's coming back next year, and they're doubling and and 2.5 times the 10-year average. And that tells you that next year, dude, we're just seeing the very tip of this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And NOAA Fisheries just recently did a, if you go to their website and check it out, they just did this research thing about the Columbia River and some of the salmon runs that are coming back. And the trend looks like it's it's moving in the right direction. That's yeah, well, sure. so, well, we're at 740,000 adult <laughs> Chinook at this point over Bonneville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Including spring Chinook, too? Yeah, all of them. Yeah. You yeah. know, Incredible. for the year. Yeah. 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 It's been a phenomenal <laughs> good, year. Man. 
So back to back to the west side here. The Silver Salmon Brown man has not disappointed, and and with the lack of rain, uh, they're stacked up in the Sound, still waiting to go up the rivers. Have you heard much? You know, many good reports from the Sound here this last week. I mean, they're getting a little difficult to catch. They're they're, they're always difficult to catch in the Sound because they get a little fickle the closer they get to the rivers. But what about this last week? Have you heard anything here? Anything here lately, buddy? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, I had friends out this week, you know, and it, it was it got a little tougher this week. But I mean, they're still reeling fish in. I mean, you, you know, you, you get these little weather changes, and and these waves of fish will start coming in, and hopefully, you know, as as we see it cooling down, and we saw that rain come through this last week, and it brought looked like it brought some fresh fish in, and you know, as it as it is, like you said, October they get a little yeah, little finicky. So you got to, but you know, you got to change things up. You got to say and, exactly. You got to set yourself up for success. You got to fish around tide changes. You got to get mm-hmm. your gear in the water at first light. You got to look yeah. for surface disturbance. Right. Set yourself up for success, but if you don't think there's a bite at first light, you are mistaken. I mean, it happens in rivers, it happens in the bay. You got to get your boat in the water at dark, you know, and and that's a set of challenges. I get it, but quite often that's going to be the most profound bite of the day, Mark. You also definitely, definitely, you know, and you know that. God, I saw a check, you know, just I think it was out of Armenia, West Seattle, day before yesterday, and you know, you're still getting better than a, a, a close to a fish per boat i mean hey you know i'm not going to complain you know and, and i'm seeing some pretty nice fish i saw joey's fish this a couple of weeks ago man there's some big ones out there too so that's always exciting and you know these fisheries are going to carry on through october i mean you got one opening up even the, today up at dungeness bay so you know god the options here mm-hmm. you know to 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 go pursue some silvers this month how exciting is that and then down on the coast too i mean grace harbor that south channel that opened up this morning and man, you know, I was down there last year and, you know, this year you've got a run of close to 200,000 returning to the Grace Harbor Basin of Coho and way up from what, what a good shot. Yeah. What a good shot that is too for folks. We've got some questions pouring in here to the text toy uh, about mooching in the sound. And, and I'm here to tell you <laughs> the Awasa clan are some of the saltiest dogs in the South sound. And all you guys do is mooch and, and jig down there. Are the guys, are, are, are your relatives down there having much luck mooching up these cohos down the South Sound right now? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I think a few of them have switched over, you know, oh. their meat line in two. Oh, and, no. And, no. No, they went to the dark side. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you got to do what you got to do to catch them sometimes. Yeah, but, you know, that's you funny. Know, but, Oh, God. I mean, you know, and I, I think there's still a good chance to catch them mooching. I mean, mm-hmm. we all know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and with these numbers that we're seeing, you know, and, and the dogfish are, are are moving out, you know, that's good news for those folks like down in Area 11. So, yeah, I mean, hey, why not put on a herring and a crescent weight, right? I well, mean, uh, I do it all the time. If, <laughs> if you can sit on top of those fish and, and, you know, we've been out there looking at the finder and it's just like fish from – you know, 15 all the way down to 80 feet. There's just marks everywhere, and we're trolling at one depth. Um, Moochin, you're gonna you're gonna run that herring by a whole bunch of fish up and down, and maybe maybe those fish in at 30 feet are the biters, and you get it in front of them. So yeah, mooching can still be, and it's fun. It's just fun to mooch. Yeah, and that's the advantage of mooching too, right? Is you can you can work your bait through that whole water mm-hmm. column. So if there's some on surface and there's some further down mid depth. You know, you, your ability to, to find them 
is a lot better too. So well, we and and, and I'll, I'll apologize right now for not getting you out. We had so much fun last year. We did. We spent the last. <laughs> no, we spent the last day uh, on, on Area Nine last year, just mooching you and and Austin Moser <laughs> and our, our friend Todd Daniels stuff. Had a great day. At one time, Joey had just a million. Heads. Well, it looked like back it, looked, on the table. it looked like a <laughs> mini Rob Insley table, <laughs> dude. It was, but you'd go through a pile of bait. But you know, there, there's something to the repetition of putting a cup plug on, putting a cup plug on, putting, and, and you just get so much better at it. It's just like anything else. Experience is the best teacher. All right, we oh, we yeah. got to let it go two years, buddy. We're going to get you on the boat next year. He's Mark Uasa, formerly of, of of the PI, of course, now with WDFW. Thank you for your time, Mark. We certainly appreciate it, and t- and, and keep in touch, my friend. All right, definitely. You guys have a good weekend. All right, man. All right, Thanks, buddy. All right, coming up next, a critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires, taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Kevin John of Holiday Sports in Burlington said there's no shortage of silvers in the Skagit River right now. He said there's a bunch of fish in the lower river, and folks are catching them on MEPS Flying Sea and Vibrax Spinners, Brad's Wigglers, and Twitching Jigs. Kevin said the Flying Sea Spinners have been working great because they are a lot heavier, and they sink faster in the Skagit Swift currents. With the clear water, he recommends using Brad's Wigglers with a little more chrome in them than the typically bright colors we use. He said the silvers are averaging six to nine pounds. Biggest he's heard of so far is a 14-pounder. There's a bait ban in effect on the Skagit, and the river is closed Monday through Wednesday from Highway 9 to the Baker River. The Cascade River in Marmont is also closed Sunday through Tuesday to allow for tribal fisheries. we got to have KJ on next week, and Skagit Arms fully stocked with all your fall ammo. Get up there, uh, up on Highway 20, off I-5. Lower Columbia reopened for salmon fish, and the salmon season that just won't quit continues with additional areas opening back up in the Lower Columbia River. Today, October 1st, brings a reopen opener from Bowie 10 to Tongue Point with a three-fish limit, one of which could be a Chinook. A ripper from Tongue Point that Bonneville's open with a two-fish limit, only one of which also could be a Chinook. Anglers need to release all salmon other than Chinook or Hatchery Coho. Currently, steelhead may not be retained on the Lower Columbia. Winter crabbing opens today in Marine Areas nine through or 4 through 9 and Marine Area 12. Uh, Hood Canal, north of Aok Point. Crabbing will be open seven days a week through December 31st. Crabbing won't reopen in marine areas 10 and 11 until catch record card data shows how much recreational quota is left in those marine areas. Crabbers are reminded that today is the deadline to turn in your crab catch record reports. Crabbers can either report online via the wild system or by mailing in their catch record cards. Those cards need to be postmarked by today to avoid the $10 fine. Razor clam digging was just reopened on Copalis Beach for two days this week and Twin Harbors Beach for three days after talks and tests concluded that the clams were safe to eat. All coastal beaches were previously closed to razor clam digging due to elevated toxin levels in the clams. Those levels have dropped enough to provide a few days of digging on the coast this week. More tentative razor clam dates are scheduled October 8th through the 14th and October 24th through the 30th. These are tentative dates and WDFW will make an announcement just prior to these digs after talks and tests show they are safe to eat. October means big game hunting season's opening up. Muzzleloaders hit the field today statewide in search of elk. That season running today through October 7th. The general deer opener is October 15th through the 25th, October 15th through the 31st on the west side. The late deer hunt occurs from November 5th through the 19th in select whitetail units in northeast Washington. Last call for modern firearm is western Washington late buck, November 17th through the 20th for those elusive, reclusive, rutting blacktails. WDFW is hosting a series of virtual town hall meetings this fall to discuss this winter's coastal steelhead fisheries. 
The first meeting is set for October 20th at 6 p.m. Fishery managers will inform the public on preseason efforts to design this winter's coastal steelhead fisheries around the necessary protection of declining wild steelhead runs. For more information about the October 20th virtual town hall meeting and others like it, be sure to visit the WDFW's Coastal Steelhead webpage. Sport Code 905 just announced the third annual Fall Bash with the gang from Addicted Fishing. The Addicted Fall Bash is on October 12th at Sport Code 905 and runs from 5 to 9 p.m. There's hundreds of free prizes and free gifts for all kids that attend the event. Pizza and drinks are included. Cameron Black of Addicted Fishing will be doing a seminar on fishing 360 flashers. Jordan Nigi will discuss how to twitch jigs for co. And Nick Popoff will be giving a seminar on float fishing for Fall Chinook. That's the Addicted Fishing Fall Bash at Sport Code 905 the evening of October 12th. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at LesSchwab.com. If you missed Nikki on the Cricky uh, pop-offs interview, first hour, go back, hit the podcast on the OutdoorLine.com. This dude's absolutely a stick. And, of course, his stock and trade is going to be float fishing Chinook down there on those Tillamook tribs. Don't miss this. October 12th down at Sport Co. Today, tomorrow, and next weekend, Hunter Sight in at SeattleRifle.org. That is the Seattle Rifle and Pistol Association. Um, Hunter Sight in days. They got range safety officers with spot and scopes, targets. It's 15 bucks per shooter. Do not miss this. Today at 10 o'clock through 3 o'clock, that's at the range in Machias. Go to SeattleRifle.org for information. You know, kids today. Dude. They have it so easy. <laughs> like, they, they get to go down there and have these guys show yeah. them all their tips and tricks yeah, yeah. and all their sneaky little secrets. We didn't have any of that crap when I was a kid. Had to actually go out there and work your butt off and figure stuff yeah, out. Yeah, there was a lot of failure. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. Well, yeah. and, 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 and I mean, with the old school scopes, if you went to the range without a coin to make the adjustments, because there's so many coin yeah. slotted oh, yeah. scopes yeah. that, you know, it's like, dang it. And I the gear nowadays is crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had army surplus gear. That's what you wore. And steel toe <laughs> hip boots. You froze your toes off. The gr- I, s- I swear, the green steel shank hip boots oh, from Pansafe are responsible for more frostbite. They came, with, they came with, like, air conditioning built into them. <laughs> like, you would just, your toes would freeze and, off and in those you, things. If you tried to get them to go a second season, yeah. you'd be standing in the creek and they'd split. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, the, the rubber would yeah. rot. And, mm-hmm. and, and one time, me and a friend were standing um, in, at Jim's Rock down below uh, down below Salt on, on the Skycomish, and we're standing there, and I... Uh, and I know his because we. I looked at his boots. I knew they were going to crack. Yeah. And I start laughing. <laughs> and they start flooding. I, and, and yeah. And his <laughs> yeah. boots starts flooding, dude. Yeah. And then I'm laughing at him, and I move move my foot, and then mine starts flooding. <laughs> I go dang it. And then so then it was a test of manhood to see who could stand in the creek with a foot, you know, with a half full boot of water. Because neither of us. And was you had your quit, old right? army jacket, right? It wasn't even and waterproof. Then, you know, and then, just gets soaked. And then my buddy hooks one. And and he gets to chase him downstream at the Cracker Bar or something. No, yeah, down below Jim's Rock on, okay. on the same side yeah. of the river. And I remember when he finally got on the beach. I remember I was laughing so hard because he used to just back up the creek and back up the bar and pull the steelhead out, and water starts pouring out the side of the boot. <laughs> it's just those stuff you can't ever forget about that stuff. All right, I, that's funny, but I'm so bummed that Joey. Everybody shot a caribou except for you and I. I know. Robo did. Your yeah. cousin does he shoot two caribou? Did, yeah, did, yeah, Lamper shot two, two big old cranker bulls, and and Shawnee, and a bull moose, and, and Browning Shawnee Campbell with her eyes closed, dude, yeah, giant caribou. I'm just, yeah, I'm not grizzly bears everywhere. And these it. gals are out there flying into the into the Arctic and in, in northern Alaska. She's going to jump on next. Our friend, I, when I when I wrote her a text a couple days ago, I said, "Dear Shawnee, who has the best job ever, Campbell, 
please call me. We'd like to have you on the show. And she truly does have the best job ever at it, Browning. It's dream job. It's like so, her and Boardman. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're battling She's for product, the best jobs so out is, there. Is, is product experience manager, which yeah. means I got to go hunting for a living. Okay. Yeah. Or, or, or Shondi Campbell, Browning Firearms Media and Event Manager. What is it? You know, I, I, but I, I'm so hurt that I spent all week smoking salmon. Last week, he comes in studio smelling care of caribou. Have you got a taste? You know what? I brought it to the San Francisco Soldiers mm-hmm. event, and of course, I forgot. I brought some steaks with me. We cooked them up All on right. an open fire the other night. They were good. They were good. Because caribou's a little, it's a little 60-40. It can be a little oh, 60 for Really lean. But yeah. If you cook it right, though, which I did the other night, I figured out a way to cook that stuff. It's not bad. It's yeah. just different. It is different. It's just different. It's really lean. Depends on what it is. What did what, you do? We cooked it uh, on that kudu grill. That, okay, that fire, yeah. that wood yeah. fire grill we have, where you just make a fire, and and then it's got a uh, a really big cast iron skillet that you swing over the fire, uh-huh. and I cut it in strips, uh-huh. olive oil, Montreal seasoning, okay. and I just seared it on both sides, and whoo, man, yeah. it was good. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. It gets the toughness out of it. Sean, yeah. Shawnee Campbell Browning Farms. What's new for Fall 22 next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and that Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the wheelhouse here on 710's, the outdoor line. Rob Ensley mooches for a living. Our friend Mark Boardman is a product experience manager for Vortec Optics. That's a great job, but it doesn't draw a candle to Shondi Campbell's Browning Farms media and event manager, which means... She gets to shoot caribou and do stuff with the coolest guns, ammo, and and apparel and people you, and, and people, people yeah. that, that you've ever seen. And she shot a caribou, and Robbo shot one, and your cousin shot one, and I haven't, but she joins us now <laughs> to gloat. Just go ahead, Shawnee. Just give it to us. I mean, come on, go ahead, guys. I love being on this show. <laughs> Oh, you got to deal with Tom. Sorry I'm, about I'm that. I'm sorry. Hey. Well, well, if all she had to do was return my text yesterday, I wouldn't be so hard on her. But I'm a little oh, bitter. No, I'm bitter. Jealous. You shot it. You shot you a get, caribou. We have jealousy issues over yes. here, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, so hey. you poor Nelly. Yeah. I, was a, I was shooting a crane yesterday. I had things to do. I know she went crane hunting yesterday. <laughs> no, of all things. But let's talk about this caribou hunt. Nelly, calm down over here. No, we got, I'm we got mad. Put Nelly in his little box well, over now here. Now she's eating roast beef on the wing. So you and Callie and Tez flew. Flew into the backcountry in the Arctic on this just epic caribou hunt. Talk about it from start to finish and tell us how this whole thing went down. I mean, I followed you online and, and we're texting all the time and everything. And I've been up in that country, too. I know how gorgeous it is. Talk about this trip up there and, and, and what it was like. Oh, guys, it was amazing. Um, it's one that I don't know that I will ever talk. Um, from the minute they kick all of your stuff out of the airplane and fly away, it gets real, real quick. So That's a moment, um, doesn't it? It, it is, and it, we all just sit there quiet. in silence. Yeah, yeah, we just sat there in silence and listened for the airplane to fly away. And then, yeah. when you finally didn't hear the drone, we all just started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, epic, epic adventure. Um, you know, we got up the next morning. Or we got they dropped us off to set camp up. The next morning, we got up, and there was nothing in the first canyon, second canyon. Um, my bull stepped out, and. He was 300 yards away. I had the Hell's Canyon, or sorry, not the Hell's Canyon anymore, but the X-Bolt speed with me and 300 mm-hmm. win. Uh, one shot, dropped the first one. And I was on cloud nine. This is something I've always wanted to do since I was little. I'm like, I'm going to shoot a caribou. That's the only thing that I really want to hunt. And so I was, I mean, I was giddy the whole time. Um, and we had just got uh, mine done and 
kind of separate out the meat and the head and everything away from the carcass. And Mm -hmm. we looked up and Callie's is walking at us. And so day one, we had two down. (laughs) Um, Unreal. We were just all in shock. I mean, we packed out until two or three in the morning. Oh, yeah. And when we we got back, we looked up and, and Callie goes, is that a rainbow? And it's, yeah. it's kind of getting dark about, you know, two or three. And, and the northern lights are out. And then wow. we just sat up and giggled the rest of the night. Wow. So um, it was it was amazing. I recommend it to everybody. You know, we got up the next day and um, we found test one. And then it took – it wasn't easy. I'm going to be completely honest. It was mm. not an easy hunt. It took all five days to get everything you know, back to camp, caped out, ready for the flight out. Mm-hmm. Um, we we never stopped moving. I mean, we'd get our whatever sleep we could, but you're always on edge. You're you know you're one you're one in, incident from everything going wrong. You're an ankle wow. roll away, a knife cut away, a grizzly, or a grizzly bear, bear encounter. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk it about the, we'll talk about the grizzly bear thing here in a second. But but go back to the flight in. Is that just like incredible or what? Did you jump in a super cub and bomb in there? I mean, that's like the coolest part of this whole trip is flying in one of those planes and landing. Just like like really, you're gonna land there? Like what? How are you going to land this plane there? And they take those big Tundra tires <laughs> and they tires, drop them down dude. and they stick it in like 50 feet. They can land those planes. Was that cool or what? Yeah. Yeah. I had never done that. And I'm well, he's like flew over this spot. I'm like, you sure that's the one that's where we're going to do this? Like the other side <laughs> of the cliff. Okay. Yeah. We're doing it. Like, <laughs> and he, he did, man. He stuck it. And um, we had, we had two planes, um, Callie and Tester one, one and I was in the other one. And so I kind of watched them land and then we come in behind it. And and then, yeah, that one moment they fly away. And and then when they pick you up, it's the same thing. You're like, you know what's on the other side of that. There's a cliff. Yeah. And if he doesn't get off the ground, you're done. <laughs> and you know it. So you're just sitting there going, okay, this is it. Like, moment of truth. Now you talked about dropping two caribou. Uh, was it late in the day? What, what, what was the timing on those caribou? Was it early in the day? Mine was early. So mine was... Mine was probably about eight or nine, and then um, it took us a good couple hours to kind of get that one all taken down because you have to leave them bone in up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to get everything kind of situated that way, and then uh, ten or sorry, Callie probably shot hers oh, around two or three in the afternoon. Wow! But we were two pack trips every bull, so oh yeah, three bulls took us five trips to get it back to camp. Mine was a mile. Callie was a mile. Tess's was two miles. Mm-hmm. And two miles up there is three hours. Well, because of all the tussocks, those little, like, like those, those, those grass mounds that you have to step between. It's like a tire drill at football camp or something for miles. Yeah. It just kills you. Uh, you know? I was like grass-covered bowling balls. That's the best oh, way I could explain it to people. Horrible. And you, try, you can't step on them. You can't yeah. step in between them. And yeah, and the reason it, brutal. the reason I ask about the timing is because when it gets dark up there mm-hmm. is when it's like, huh, yeah. today could be the day, you know, because the, yep. you mentioned grizzly bears earlier in this interview, and they're around, they're all over the place up there, and you girls had an experience with a grizz up there. Talk about that real quick. That, yeah, so we got done with Tess's, and we kind of had let our guard down at this point, which was a bad idea, We because we had just got done with two bulls, and we were out in the open on Tess's, so we weren't really worried uh, you know it, it seemed like a safer place than like over a hill or something like that and uh we had got done with it and staged you know staged the, the package of meat over here and the head over here and then the carcass was there and we were walking back and i will never forget it went Tess, callie and i was in the back 
And we all stopped, and Tess looks over, and she says, we have a problem. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. And, yeah, and I was like, I will never, never forget those words. At that time, at that moment, everything stopped. Because I looked up, and the grizzly is running at us. Mm-hmm. And and we all just, like, every, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. What probably lasted, you know, a few minutes seemed like hours. And so he's running at us. He probably gets to 200. And he stands up on his hind legs and looks at us. I'm staring a grizzly down, and I'm, and we all just like pause. I think the grizzly was thinking, "Who are you?" And we're thinking, "We're not at the top of the food chain here." So, what, what kind um, of firepower are you packing? Obviously, you have you know you have your rifles. And but what, how was the wind? The heat, they, he was smelling us. Oh. It was at our backs. So it was okay. right at him. So I'm a walking meat stick. I've got a hind on the mm. back. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. Yeah, so I was packing a ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and my rifle. Okay. And and we all, you know, we started waving, making a bunch of noise. We don't want to get in a weird situation. And he, um, he come down again and he ran at us again, but I don't know what turned him. He ended up spinning and running the other direction, but man, that'll put you on edge real quick. Was it daylight or was this? Like, it was daylight. Okay. Well, obviously you wouldn't have seen him at 200 yards in the dark, but, but then, but yeah. then you packed, you packed me till two o'clock in the morning. So that had to be in the back of your mind the whole time. Oh, the whole time. Because yeah. now you know there's one close, right? Mm-hmm. And we had to go back in the next day to get the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. And, like, oh, and they're, and they're not small critters. I mean, they're they're right between a deer and an elk, you know. Um, pretty good load of meat. So and sh- you got to keep it all bone in. So, so Sean, you, um, you guys all were successful. You got your caribou. You had an encounter with a grizzly bear. Did you any other wildlife out there? No, that is all we saw. We didn't, um, we were cut short a day on our trip just because of weather. And that last day we had the Arctic Fox season open, but we never did see one or a wolf. We didn't see anything else. So, Shawnee Campbell joins us of the hunting band, the, the gnarly grizzly chicks and browning firearms this morning. <laughs> and uh, so, so tell us what's going on new for fall 22 uh, on browning.com. I'm looking at this Ovix concealment and wondering why Joey and I aren't wearing it right now. <laughs> well, it's on, it's on its way. Okay. I, I think the intro said moots, right? I think that's... that's <laughs> well, they don't make it in that. a 4XL, now, oh, so, so, you know, yeah, yeah, yours is still in the manufacturing process. Brown and tent and awning, They're breaking yes. down a small wall oh, tent to no, make that's yours. Okay. That's but, cool. Uh, I'm in. And also the Mountain I need, Pro. I don't need I, the poles I, I ran the Mountain Pro up on my caribou hunt. That thing is sweet. I ran the 6.8 Western. You were running a 300 Win Mag, but that new Mountain Pro is awesome. Hey, Shondi, what, what, what made you choose the, the 300 Wisdom over a different round? Uh, you know, I've been, and I actually talked to Rob about this yesterday. I'm a big 6.8 fan and have been um, since it came out. But when I heard Grizzly, I went, you know what, let me just bump that up just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So was so, a Wisdom or a Mag? It's a Win Mag. Oh, right. it's a, right. a Win Mag. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Totally understand that. Yeah. yeah, no question, yeah. no question about it. Shawnee, thanks for your time this morning, and uh, I, I'm sorry I picked on you, but again, I got I got caribou FOMO so bad right now because he's got one, you got one, Joey's cousin Ryan has two, and and I don't. Well, let's so. go. We'll get, right, listen, year. we'll get we'll get one, Nelly. Okay, one of these you years, can guide. We'll, we're going to turn but you loose Nelly, on Nelly. So Nelly's, Nelly's going with luck. the three you next year. Okay, it's going to so, be the three you well, girls and Nelly. The one thing that I really, the one thing I really didn't twig to was the importance of your bush pilot and and his ability to place you in the right spot, you know, to drop those Tundra tires, Shondi, in in the right spot. Oh, they're incredible people, and the amount of skill it takes to do what they do is insane. Like, we've all watched it on TV, but once you experience it in person, it's something else. 
It really is. And some of the weather, we were just flying. The weather was just hideous where we were. And I mean, it was just like, really? We're going to. And you look at it. Yeah, we're going to go through that pass. I'm like, I can't even see through the pass. But they dip down. They, go, they fly around the cloud like it's a mountain. And then right up through the pass. And it's like, hey, yeah, it's just like walking and breathing and flying the plane. No, it's called. All three natural things to well, these no, folks. It's called bush pilot braille. It yeah. looked like Shondi had beautiful weather. Yeah, you guys did have beautiful weather, but it, it's pretty cool, and, it, and it's part of that big adventure up there and the wildlife and the, the scenery. It's just like, holy cow. If you don't even shoot a caribou, it's the coolest camping trip you could ever go on up there. It's just just remarkable scenery. So you guys did a great job, you gals, excuse me, and uh, look forward to talking to you some more about future hunts here, and we're going to try to get you guys on a moose hunt too. So, Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Th- All thanks right. a lot, Shondi. All right. She's she's the, the gnarly grizzly chick. She's Shondi Campbell of Browning Farms. Thanks for joining us this morning. You have a great time. Please stay in touch. Thanks, Shondi. We'll talk. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. All right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Coming up next, the hottest report with Huddle Week techniques you need to succeed. It's Roar Robinson RVs Really Aware, and it's next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? It's going back. The island of Tinian Delady. Where'd you get him, man? No way. You, you gotta tell me. I, I, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Ocean Tinian Hey, man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time to step up to the all-new Roar Robinson RV Center, the number one Winnebago dealer in the Northwest. You're going to find a complete line. Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, tour haulers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more. What we really haven't talked about too much is RV service. If you're done with your RV, you got to winterize that sucker, which means putting the, the RV antifreeze in your rig. If you're not and you want to have a trouble-free hunt, still need to go get that thing serviced. Rare Robinson RV. Rare Robinson RV.com. Run that antifreeze through your washdown pump on your boat Everything well on your boat. You put it away Great for the call. Winter. That will save that washdown pump. I have yet to have a washdown pump last maybe one or two months yeah. in the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just destroy oh, them. And, and one of the things I didn't think about last year and one of the reasons our, our, our fish box pumps were a little bit glitchy was we we've got two uh, macerators mm-hmm. on the Duckworth, and I didn't I didn't put that antifreeze in those, and so it's time to replace those because because yeah. because if they freeze, they may still work, but the housing start leaking. So, so yeah. here's so, a, here's a question I had from one of my buddies. So he just bought two new brand new Yamahas, uh, first season with them, and he's gonna winterize his boat. So I told him to put stable in the gas tank, run that through the motors, and then. Should he run the fuel out of the motors? No. No. no okay. No, yeah, no, right? No. You just Don't leave them in there. That. Yeah. No. The, the problem is with today's gas, air in the fuel system allows varnish to accumulate more quickly than that stable that's designed. Yeah, and okay. you run the fuel out of any fuel system right now, you're going to have a hell of a time restarting yep. those okay. things when it, yep. when it uh, comes time to do that. But listen, really where this week... Uh, we've got the hunt opener coming in two weeks here. We mentioned it earlier in the show. Get out to the range, uh, get your rifle dialed in. If you're a you know if you're a bird hunter, get out and shoot some, shoot some traps, sporting clays, whatever you got to do to get ready. Get the dog get ready too. What's the up. dog doing? Laying around the couch right now. Get the dog out and get the dog run a little bit, doing some retrieving. Uh, and, and these West Side pheasant release sites are open right now, so you got a chance to get out and shoot some birds here on the West Side. Uh, also, we've got coho opportunities still. We're still beating on this coho run. Um, Plenty of coho. The Skagit River is loaded with them right now. Uh, guys are throwing wiggle warts and Brad's wigglers up there. A great little plug. 
but they got treble hooks on them. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Take the treble hook off and put a little bead chain off the belly eye of those things and run it. Run a big, you know, I like a like a like a five watt open eye sidewash hook on there. And Brad's tackle, uh, Brad's killer fishing gear. They make a four bead chain versus a six. That's a great. If you run point. it off Excellent the tail, point. yeah. It's too much weight yep. off that tail. It's balanced perfectly off the belly eye. Run yep. that on there. It brings that hook back. It keeps you from losing your plugs, and you're going to have a great hookup ratio on those little plugs. So, so give that a try. We need some rain here in these rivers. Bad. These coho are pushing in. Talked to Jason Brooks yesterday. He was one on, on one of the coastal streams yesterday, and fish were pushing in hard silvers. But there's no water in these rivers mm-hmm. and no rain in sight. <laughs> there isn't. Um, so I tell you what, if, if you want to hold off a little bit right now, you can wait till we get some rain. At some time here in the next couple of weeks, something's going to happen somewhere. Yeah, but right no now, there's no water in these rivers. I wouldn't be moving a lot. I'd anchor up. You don't want to make any noise. No. Um, you want to be as quiet as you can. Schedule would be a different story because it's a big river. But these little creeks out there, these cohos are really susceptible to noise. Anchor yeah. up and just be silent. And once you blow them up, they're not going to Yeah, they're it's, not a, it's a wrap drill. Just be quiet. And they're going to roll and they're going to jump. jump yeah, and they're, they're going to gonna... drive you absolutely <laughs> bat poopy crazy. Yeah, for sure. It, it, they, yeah, they just they just, they drive you nuts. Well, they, they, they will in these other streams. The sketch is, is an exception because the water comes out of the bottom of those dams. Yes, and it's cold. cold. But, you know, you know, the years when we were fishing the Skycomish and yeah. the Snohomish for silvers, and if it didn't rain all fall, you just, good luck. Mm-hmm. Good luck getting them to bite. It, Unless we got some rain in late August, yeah, September in that system. Now, that, that river's closed this year, but on years when we got some rain late in the summer, that thing would just go off because it dropped the temperatures down. Same yeah. with the coastal rivers. That'd be a little fickle right now, but, uh, boy, we, we get some cooler temps here coming up next couple weeks, and a little bit of rain, yeah, the no coast doubt. is going to go off it, for it, coho, especially weird, the Chehalis system. The weird thing about the Skycomish this year is going to be the first flush coming off that Bolt Creek fire. I don't remember mm-hmm. in my lifetime a 10,000-plus acre forest fire yeah. up the Sky Valley. That's my home steelhead creek, dude, for the mm, bottom of my good. lifetime. Not a good and, deal. And when it rains for the first time, we're going to see the Skycomish turn a color that we've never really mm-hmm. seen before yeah. as as all that ash and smoke and and char and wood comes down that 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 hillside. It's going to be really cool to see the, see the deer check that stuff out, but it's going to be a while. This summer, if we get a big old rain, it's gonna, the Skycomish is going to be different oh, yeah. this year for sure. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. So. Hopefully we get a little bit of rain. Yeah. And it settles a little bit. And it, it absorbs. settles down yeah. a little bit. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. It's October. If if you don't get your smoke pole out and get some trigger time right now, you're missing the boat today, tomorrow, next weekend. Go to SeattleRifle.org. That's our friend Randy Doucette runs the Seattle Rifle and Pistol Association, the finest range in western Washington with range safety officers who are going to spot you with spot and scopes, really cool benches, got targets available it's 15 bucks ahead and and it's just the best situation especially for a young or novice shooter to go out these guys are kind they live to help you same out. with the it's range fun. i go to paul's most sportsman's club they're just great for people. sure and if yeah. the temperature if the temperature dips below like 72 oh, yeah. degrees they'll fire up the pot belly <laughs> stove and got, get a big fire it's, going. it's awesome it's a covered range <laughs> yeah, you know. it's, it's so cool it's a covered range with that that has uh has an overhead uh you know shoot over protector everything's about yeah. safety you got to wear ear protection you got to wear eye protection you're going to use range flags that all yeah. give it but you're going to go out there and learn something you're going to learn something about yourself as a shooter you're going to learn about your fire 
firearm, and you're going to learn what what is an accurate rifle. The main rifle. thing you want to do, you know, this time of year is is get out. You can dry fire these rifles. Sure. So dry fire yes. that rifle. Ammunition. Bolt is, action. It's a. Just hang yeah. on. It's okay, Nelly. Just <laughs> calm down. I know you're really excited. You are you shooting your BB gun right now? Are you no, are you, pract- you kind of no, going to step up with Matthew? Your- Matthew and I progressed to 22 plinking. Are you yesterday. going BB 22? BB 22 rifle. Yeah. Okay. Well, no. Then we're going to go graduated ARs. to the 22. Yeah, to, the, okay. to the ARs, and okay. then we're going to get into. So the what I was going to get to is you want to dry fire your rifle multiple times. Yes. Because a there's no ammunition. No. So if you do have some, you want to hang on to it. B it's so expensive right now. It is. So dry fire that rifle. And make sure those crosshairs are staying steady because yeah. you got to work on that trigger pull. That's the first thing you want to work on because that trigger pull is what's going to pull you off. Because you're a little little flinchy, yeah. you know, your trigger pull, you might be off the side of your finger. Get that finger perfectly square on that trigger and just a nice gentle pull. You don't even want to know that yeah. it's going off. You want to be surprised when that gun goes off. Nice oh. gentle pull. You're not actually jerking on the no. trigger. You're pulling through it the, nice and easy. As you, the, as the, you problem, the problem a lot of people have at the range is you have a lot of time to think about <laughs> yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you ever think about when you're in the woods – and you see a deer, there's no time. You don't. You don't yeah. even think nope. about. That's why any you want to dry fire, right? dry fire, dry yeah. fire, dry fire. Get 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 your trigger pull dialed in. Yeah. That's where it all starts, right there. The, so that's the number one thing I would work on. Yeah, and and think of follow through after that. After that sear breaks, keep that rifle. But yeah, and and yeah. then and then remember what your sight picture looked like the instant that 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 trigger breaks. No question about and it. And then go crabbing. Then go crabbing. Uh, thanks for tuning in this morning. We love having you here. We certainly appreciate you listening. Missed any of the show? Jump on mynorthwest.com. Download that Apple podcast app or jump on jump on mynorthwest.com theoutdoorline.com give us a follow on facebook twitter or instagram at the outdoor line at joe pyburn at rob ensley for matt nelson behind the glass joey pyburn rob ensley i'm tom nelson this has been the outdoor line seattle sports station 710 and the seattle sports app